1: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Have you been wondering where's
0: the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some
3: other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV, and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge,
0: and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.
4: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality.
3: Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and it is the end of January. We're in the middle of a very cold Chicago winter, but... Burner. Lucky for us, we're all together, and Matt's here in person as we've been saying for the last two months. But it makes the studio warmer, I believe, right, Matt?
5: Slightly, yeah. I appreciate you guys all cuddling with me.
3: Yeah, we're very close tonight, almost like uh, the the scene in Superbad when Jonah Hill and and uh, Michael Sarah are very very close, and he says, boop,
0: "Boop." We had to light a barrel full of Patreon money to keep warm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be ball. sending a
4: picture saying <laughs> this is where it. your money goes <laughs> This isn't like the 1920s German economy, Matt yeah. Your money
3: is literally keeping us warm uh, Literally uh, But yeah, how's, how's everyone doing today? Uh, that
4: was Matt, you just heard Jeff, how are you? I'm doing well uh, Finally had to wear pants, you know, because it fell below like 10 degrees We're
0: all very thankful in the studio yeah.
4: yeah, you're like the one of the Chicago
3: people that we see often Where they're always wearing shorts no matter how cold it is Yeah, pretty much Yeah, well, just it's real tough You, are, He's a tough man And how about you? Kinda? I'm a weenie you're a weenie. How are you doing? I'm a weenie. I'm wearing long
5: underwear right now because I'm always cold. I always wear long underwear in the winter, all winter long.
3: Oh Is it a one long piece
5: underwear.
4: though, with like a little door in the back? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
5: Yeah, they have that uh, poop
4: shoot, as uh, it's affectionately called. Yes. Well, I just well, have bouncy. a
0: feeling in the pit of my stomach that this is going to be a great show.
3: And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we like to call a segue in the business, because we have two very special guests to us uh, coming to us today, and they're both coming to us from Pittsburgh. And we will introduce them right now. Our first guest is going to be a player today, and he's a Cream of the Crap supporter on Patreon, which we appreciate. Let's welcome back David Feuder. How's it going, David?
6: Oh, I couldn't be better, Neil. Uh, Very excited uh, to—this is actually my first time playing a regular game here on Triviality, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, and— I do think I might have a bit of a hometown uh, advantage with knowing where the host is from as well. So looking forward to
3: it. That's very true. And we, we appreciate you joining us today. We appreciate, we appreciate your uh, Patreon support, but uh, for anyone who maybe doesn't remember who you are, anything you would like to tell the listeners? Family law
6: attorney here in Pittsburgh, um, uh, live in, uh, live pretty close to uh, where Taylor lives. I found out, uh, here in Pittsburgh, we've got a wife and two kids and, uh, we have, uh, greatly enjoyed, uh, listening to you guys uh, since I became a supporter uh, probably about a year ago. So, uh, no, this has been great fun. It's been fun appearing on the podcast over the past year, and I'm uh, looking forward to it.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, you gave us a little spoiler there, but our guest host today is going to be uh, a Cream of the Crop member of our Patreon, uh, which we truly appreciate. And uh, we always love having him here. He's sort of the Ed McMahon of triviality, and that is Taylor Cook. How are you, Taylor?
7: I'm uh, doing great. Thanks, Neil. i happy to be here again uh it's always a pleasure and it you know actually I just I was just thinking about it and realized that after however many recordings this has been that I've been in a different like residence every single recording oh is um, that true but yeah yeah I, I just realized that but uh hopefully that doesn't change for the next time because I just bought this house so that would be bad news if I was uh somewhere else next time so
5: so since we've had you on so many times and you've like You know, you told us what you've done and what you're all about and stuff. Why don't you, this time, why don't you tell us a deep, dark secret that nobody (laughs) knows? (laughs) Wasn't prepared for this. Uh, Let's let's let those skeletons out of your closet. No, no. We won't put you on the spot, but... Okay. okay.
3: We we do know that Taylor loves (laughs) pineapples because you have a giant art piece of a pineapple. I do like pineapples. Yeah, yeah. Um, And one thing we wanted to say to Taylor, too, is, uh, Taylor, I think I said this on the show, but just to formally say it with you here, I very much appreciate um, you taking, you know, me and Colleen around in Pittsburgh. We were there for just a few hours and you gave us probably the best tour we could have ever gotten, um, in a short amount of time and we appreciate it.
7: Yeah, it was, it was super fun. I was glad to do it. Um, we got to like inadvertently eat at one of my more preferred restaurants here, uh, just because of Colleen's, um, food, food requirements. So that was, that was awesome.
3: It was, uh, and it, that food requirement for anyone is just has to be chewed up by me first. Dispatch like a baby bird. Yeah, just think we, of, we had to
7: find the softest food in the Berg.
3: Yeah, just think of uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls with the uh, the little bird up on the rock that he's climbing. Um, just kidding, Colleen. But uh, I do want to <laughs> say so. We Taylor gave us a great tour of Pittsburgh, but I had a, a wonderful food tour there thanks to David. So both of our guests today helped me because wow, uh, in about an eight hour span, I had not only the world famous Peronti Brothers sandwich. I also had uh, Pamela's pancakes that were uh, very much like crepes, and they were fantastic. And then I also had uh, my favorite thing, which was the burnt almond tort, which uh, made me sick afterwards, but I, I thought it was worth it. And that was all David's and well, a little bit of Taylor, too, but that was David's uh, suggestion. So thank you for that.
6: Yeah, I mean, if you're being a lifelong resident here, I, I sort of know the four or five spots that you got to hit in a 24-hour period. That might not do you know good for your digestive system, but you got to sample them all
3: yeah and i didn't get a chance to run that trip and i was able just to to lose a little bit of weight so um uh, maybe Did you not. get
5: the
6: runs that trip uh,
3: <laughs> I, I i didn't run but i i could have gotten the runs yes that's correct so well, i
5: think uh, i think after the the triple meal you probably had to take all your clothes off before you use the bathroom right <laughs>
3: Well, you, you have to because you, you can't have any, uh, what does George say on Seinfeld? You can't have any things. Obstructions. Obstructions. Yeah. So anyways,
5: I think uh, me and uh, David as a team today will be the full Monty brothers. Ah, the full Monty brothers. Since you had to strip all the way down. So
3: the, the Pramonti brothers put the fries on the sandwich. What do David and Ken put on the sandwich? The full Monty. We can't tell you. We <laughs> can't tell you. They just um, take everything off this sandwich. I would say it's more about what they take food. off the sandwich. Underwear. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just Ken and David in between two pieces of toast. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what what would you like to be today?
0: Um, well, you're talking about that burnt almond tort. Uh, I believe David is in the law of some sort, so we could be the burnt almond tort law.
3: Ooh, I like that burnt almond tort law.
7: If everyone's ready, we can uh, we can get going. Let's do it. Let us proceed. Yep. All right. Let's start out with round one. Um, I thought it'd be fitting since Dave and I were both on this podcast to start off with a little bit of PitCon, uh, much like BritCon, but 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 Pittsburgh-based. Um, so, question one category is just PitCon. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, is known as the city of bridges, and for good reason. It claims to have more bridges within its city limits than any other city in the world, although some leave this up for debate. Within 50, how many bridges are in the Steel City?
0: Oh, I, I, I Neil has inside information. I All
7: right, do. go ahead,
5: go ahead. All right, so you guys are locked in? I think I could be wrong, but I think we're locked in. All right, David, what do you say? Um, yeah, I think I I'm telling you, I think it's a high I think it's a
6: high number because but okay, yeah, why don't we say Yeah, how about 750? That sounds good. All right.
3: Okay. Um, Matt and I discussed uh, Chadwick Boseman's film, 21 Bridges, but realized that that's Manhattan. Um, and I believe Taylor was telling us about the number of bridges. Uh, I can't remember where we're at, but it's it's the thing you take the card up on the hill, the mountain. Um, I want to say it's over 400, uh, and we went with 403.
7: Okay. So uh, one team getting points here. Uh, so if I was to ask you the whole the whole of Allegheny County, which is the county Pittsburgh's in, that would be over a thousand. Mm. Um, but specifically, I don't remember the exact number. But specifically within the city limits, there are 446 bridges. Wow! Mm. So you are within the range, Neil, um, at 403. So are these all yeah. going to be questions that Taylor has told Neil? On trip to <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to be in trouble. I'm, so. I'm pretty sure that's the only one. Uh, but I don't. I don't remember him or telling him that. So I'm glad he remembered. Well,
3: thank you. And if the final question of number three the final question, if I can wager 30 points on where that mole is, I think we'll get points.
7: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to question two, PitCon 2, Electric Boogaloo. Pittsburgh has had a large impact on the food industry, most notably with being the birthplace of the Heinz Company. It's also the birthplace of what fast food menu item, which was invented in 1967 and 40 years later had a museum opened in North Huntingdon, PA in its honor? You won't find any Heinz on this one, though.
5: So we are going to go ahead and lock in because uh, David knows this one cold.
3: Okay, so uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts off so the top of your head initially? So
0: thinking that you won't find any Heinz on it makes me think it's some kind of hot dog because oh. in Chicago you don't put ketchup on a hot dog. It might play into a little bit about it, a little home home cooking for I us.
3: Didn't, I didn't think about that, actually. So what I was going to bring what up— What if it's
0: a chili dog?
3: Chili dog. What about um, Sonic's wh- favorite? What's the thing on the stick? Um, corn dog.
0: Corn dog. Yeah, you wouldn't put ketchup on a corn dog. Could
3: that be possible? Would which you one, put ketchup
0: on a corn dog? Which one seems
3: more pit to you?
0: I think corn dogs are very pit.
3: Yeah, I've chili
4: dog on also. Nothing. Seems pit to me as well. I would, but I used to, I would just dunk it. I think ketchup. if
0: it was a Cincinnati chili dog,
3: that's true. I, I that heard sounds delicious. From Does that exist? <laughs> I heard people from Cincinnati like don't like when people talk about their chili. Um, even though people talk about their chili.
0: Mm, we're talking about their chili.
3: Would you want to go corn dog?
0: I, you oh. know what? I think we should go with corn dog.
6: Okay. That's our answer. People on Pittsburgh will put Heinz ketchup on anything. Corn dogs, especially. So, um, oh. but I think the, uh, hint in this one was there's no Heinz on it. Cause there's a special sauce. I believe this is the big Mac.
7: Mm. Oh, and uh, the reason you wouldn't find any hinds on this one is because the only ingredients are two all-beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. That is the Big Mac.
5: Isn't there ketchup in the special sauce? And,
7: I mean, mm-hmm. I,
5: you can't, I'm not maybe. sure. We're not, not We're not allowed to say We're ketchup. We're not allowed to say yeah. 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 All
7: right, moving on to question three. Um, PitCon 3, the Pitning. And I will be uh, thanking my friend Travis for this question here. Uh, with the defeat of Wake Forest, the University of Pittsburgh became ACC conference champions in 2021, as well as boasting an 11-win season. This is the first time Pitt has had an 11-win season since 1981. What future Hall of Fame quarterback led the Panthers to three consecutive 11-1 and seasons over 40 years ago?
5: Hmm. David's smiling pretty big, so I
3: think we're locked in.
7: We sure are. Yeah.
3: Okay, so my first thought was Dan Marino is the most famous pit quarterback. Yeah. But there's one other one I, I'm, I can't think of right now that was also famous. It, it's not um, well,
0: Broadway Joe. He was not a future, I don't know any other future Hall of Famers. And this is a man who is known for Pitt and Isotoner gloves.
3: That's correct. So And uh, if d- differentiating between uh, Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel
0: and Heinhorn. I think I think I'm okay with locking with Mr. Dan Marino. Okay. eighty one. The, the time lines up pretty well.
3: Okay, but. I know there's one other really famous one, but I, just, I can't think of it. So let, yeah, let's just go with it. We're gonna go with Dan Marino. Um. Yeah. So Dan Marino grew up,
6: I believe, less than a mile from Pitt Stadium, the old Pitt Stadium in Oakland. Um. And he was the quarterback there from I think '79 to '82 or '80 80 to '83. And his first three years, he won. A bunch of games fell off a little bit in his senior year, which caused him to drop in the draft,
7: but the answer is Dan Marino. And both teams have it. That is Dan Marino, Pittsburgh legend. All right, let's move away from the Pittsburgh-based trivia. No. I thought that'd be a little fun to start <laughs> off with, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on. And we'll do something uh, a little bit more meta. Uh, the category for this will be before and after and after. So like I said, I'd like to do something a little meta here at Triviality as a way to try to finally instill some specific knowledge into the brains of our favorite podcasters. The this number This before 42. And, after oh. and after is going to help tie together some commonly reoccurring trivia fodder from this podcast's historical vaults. So let's see if you can put this one together. Here it is. A member of a Canadian rock trio commits a series of six murders in New York after his dog tells him to write the rhyme of the ancient mariner.
0: Which Rushman is this?
7: It's the... It, it's uh, not Getty it's Lee. It's a Rushman. It's the guitarist. It,
3: it's not Neil Peart. It's not Getty oh, yeah. Lee. It's the other one. Oh, yeah. This was Ken's question, wasn't it? What was the last... I got it, David. Nailed it. Ken,
6: I Yeah, I had the last two parts. I didn't have the first one.
3: I've got
5: it. I've got it. I've
6: got it. So,
0: you guys got it? You guys are locked in? Yeah. So, obviously, it starts with Donna Summer of Sam, right?
3: Donna Summer. That's oh. not right. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it, it might have been Summer of Sand, but it, I think he only, I think it was only three.
0: No, the dog definitely tells him to murder because okay.
3: he, uh, I saw the, there was like
0: a movie and it was ridiculous because they they tried to make the dog's mouth move.
3: Okay, and then we're looking. <laughs> That's never a good choice. <laughs> All I know is we we, we got blasted for um, the Rush one because Geddy Lee is the bass player, Neil Peart's the drummer, but we couldn't ever remember the guitarist name and I can't. I'm losing it right now. Uh huh. Mark? No, it's not Mark.
0: Um, we don't have an answer I, don't, I
3: Yeah, let's just say, like you said, we'll, we'll go Donna with-
0: Donna Summer of Sam Malone. There you go. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right, so Taylor, the Rush the is- guys... so
4: offensive to Taylor, he left. So. All right,
5: Alex Lifeson of Sam Ewell Coleridge, right, David? Yeah. That's, okay. I knew the last two parts. Good pull on the first.
0: Son of Sam. Can you repeat that one
5: more time
4: for for me? So, so Alex I can...
5: Lifeson of Samuel Coleridge.
4: It's Coleridge. Easy. It's Alex Lifeson of Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Taylor Coleridge, yeah. <sighs> easy. Right.
7: And the scorekeeper getting it perfectly. It is Alex Lifeson of Samuel Taylor Coleridge
0: we were the two worst people to be teamed up for that one. Well,
7: here's the thing, though. After after
3: many episodes, I only remember because Ken asked it on the show. He did after many episodes of us getting made fun of. I in my head, I was like, "This is how I'm going to remember it." I'll go for the life of me, I can't think of the guitarist name, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't it didn't help me.
7: Well, maybe maybe this will maybe this will finally uh, put all the, the gears in right position. Um, so, moving on to question five, category is interns, and I'd like to thank my girlfriend Val for this question. Thank you, Val. The House of God is a novel written by Samuel Shem, which takes a satirical look into the world of hospital medicine as it follows a new doctor starting his medical internship. This book was a large influencer for what TV show, which would quote passages from the book occasionally, and ran for eight or nine seasons, depending on who you ask.
5: Oh, we can lock in. Okay. So, David, do you think this is Is it House? No, I think it's Scrubs because they had that last oh, cuz they had okay. that last season that didn't have the Scrubs oh, right, people in it with right. young Franco. And
6: that was yeah. when they moved to like ABC or something. They went off yeah, ABC for a year. Yeah. That's right. That sounds right. So, that's we'll a say, good, say that's a good catch Scrubs.
0: Yeah, I think I think doing the new class of anything is usually a bad idea. Um so, we also said Scrubs.
4: How do you feel about the new Saved by the Bell?
0: Tell I, me you love it. <laughs> needs more mario lopez
7: all right well both both points uh or sorry both teams could say they are a superman because they both got it right that is scrubs
4: and after five questions we have a score of 40 to 30 favoring the full monty brothers and uh burnt almond tort i will now be abbreviating
7: as bat so bat law uh with 30 i like bat law that's kind of like (laughs) If uh, if Bruce Wayne if Bruce Wayne was actually in <laughs> Philly and he met up with Charlie <laughs> and did pro law and Batlock, are you feeling any whiplash? <laughs> Swear to me, I'm under oath. <laughs> All right, moving on to question six. In a day or two, the 1980s were a great time for one-hit wonders such as "Come On Eileen" and "She Blinded Me With Science." However, one song was just as well known for its music video as for its catchy tune. What song released in 1984 ended up topping the Billboard Hot 100 in 1985 and went on to win six MTV BMAs and be nominated for two more in 1986? It has since seen musical covers by Real Big Fish and Weezer, as well as having its video spoofed on Family Guy, The Simpsons, and even a Volkswagen commercial. We are going to lock in over
5: here. So I think I had kind of a eureka moment when you was reading this question. <laughs> Did you?
6: I think so. I think is that... Um... AHA's take on
5: me? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too.
3: Matt and I both uh, turned into pencil drawings (laughs) and opened a door and uh, inside that door it said AHA take on me.
7: All right. Well, both teams have the rotoscope going because that is take on me by AHA. All right. Question seven. Size doesn't matter. U.S. capitals are often not the largest city in their state, such as Montpelier, Vermont, which is only the fifth largest city in Vermont pierre south dakota the ninth largest city in south dakota or olympia washington the 25th largest city in the state however which state capital is by far the smallest by population nearly half the size of the next smallest
8: oh
5: geez
7: kind of razzmatazz is this ken i think i know this one
5: great because i do not
3: yeah no that's right and okay i I like that answer because i know from experience that juno um I was going to make a film reference, but I'm just going to refrain now. I that's what right the number of phone was.
6: Yeah, exactly. All right, we so we'll go Juno. <laughs> Ready? Got it in. So I, I think Ken, that this is a uh, rather small town in the middle of Appalachia. I think it's Frankfort, Kentucky.
7: Cool. I'm pretty sure that's a very small city. So that, that would be that would be my guess. Okay. Um, well, unfortunately no points on this one. I think the cat I I I'm this is off the top of my head, I'm not looking it up. I know Juno is somewhere in like the thirty thousand population range and Frankfurt's smaller. I think it's in the twenty five, twenty four thousand or something like that. Uh second so this is actually kind of a douchey a trick question. I like to throw those in sometimes. I think Jason is a bit of a, a trivia. Uh, King douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia aspirations sometimes. So actually, the second smallest is uh Pierre, South Dakota, which is about 14,000. The smallest at coming in at just under 8,000 is Montpelier, Vermont. Oh, OK. Mm. It is uh very, very small. I've been there. It is like a small town in Iowa, just with mountains around it. It's uh just a main street. And what looks like a courthouse is just the state capitol building.
3: We may be small. <laughs> but we are mighty
0: yeah
7: yeah That's eh, okay that's okay all righty <laughs> uh, once again asking you to stop question eight eyes the size of the moon ernest hemingway was known for many things but probably most notably his writing and raging alcoholism so much so with the latter that he invented what cocktail which is a shot of absinthe in a glass of champagne and also shares the same name with a his 1932 book about bullfighting traditions in Spain.
0: You're making hand movements, but not saying words.
7: I I, I know what it is. I just um, I, I need
3: your help here. Hold on. Um, um, do you want to just go with this? Because I can't think. of any... I want to go with this. Okay, we have an answer over here, and we don't know if it's right. Um, we're just gonna go with it.
5: I can't. Uh, I can't pull the the name of this book right now. So.
6: I d- I doubt it's the old man in the sea. That doesn't seem. No. Like it's about bullfighting. But I think the other book is called The Sun Also Rises, and that would be my guess.
5: I don't think that's the one. However, I can't think I of. Can't think of yeah, I can't think of the. There's for whom the bell tolls. I think mm. he wrote. Yeah, but that that's not it either. But it's uh, not let's the short go, story. Snows of Kilimanjaro. The snows of Kilimanjaro. Let's go with um. Let's go with the Sun Also Rises because I cannot remember that bullfighting one.
0: No, we were thinking that it was the old man and the sea breeze, but I don't think that's right, Neil. What did we go with?
5: Yeah, we
3: think it's also a different book, but the only one that made sense was the sun. Well, the sun also rises, so that's what
7: we locked in with. All right. Well, unfortunately, no points on this one either. Um, a clue in the uh, in the category being eyes the size of the moon, uh, which is lyrics from well lyrics from Panic at the Disco is nine in the afternoon. This is death in the afternoon, uh, oh, which yeah. I'm pretty sure yep, is yep. because uh, well. I mean, you can die during bullfighting. But also, in his original instructions for the recipe, he <laughs> recommended drinking four or five of these in one sitting, um, mm-hmm. which is probably normal for him. But yeah. It does sound like and, death, uh... though, at any time of day. <laughs> question nine, I wish I could go back to college. And I would like to thank my friend Rob for this question. Uh, specifically, he like pretty much wrote the whole thing. And I love this question. But Thanks, it's Rob. a little complicated, so stay with me here. So. Every state in the US has a university named after the state, examples being obviously University of Illinois, University of Texas, etc. Out of these 50 state schools, only two pairs of two of them are located in cities that share a name. So for an example, this is a made up example, if University of Red State is in Collegeville, Red State, and University of Blue State are in Collegeville, Blue State, they would both be in Collegeville. So I'm looking for Uh, what are the names of those college towns, if that makes sense? So one of the answers, if that was a real example, could be Collegeville Red State and Collegeville Blue State. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. So for 10 points, tell me either one of the college town names, and for five bonus points, if you can name them both. And this is specifically for University of, not blank State University. It's a great question, and I think I know them both, so we can lock (laughs) it
3: So we have no idea over yeah. here. It sounds like David and Ken got it right away. Uh, to
0: sum it up, we don't know where, where colleges are because uh,
3: you went to... Uh, University of Iowa, which is in Iowa City.
0: And I went to the the University of Elmhurst, which is in a suburb called
3: Elmhurst. Oh, so Let's just do that. That's, those are answers. Elmhurst
0: in Iowa City. Sure.
6: So um, when Taylor was asking the question, uh, it's a great question too. The first one that came to my head... And maybe it's because they're in the same conference. They're in the Southeast Conference. I knew I knew right off the top Columbia is one because that's where the University of South Carolina is and the University of Missouri. Uh, I think I'd heard that before. The other one I had to think about a little bit, but um, before uh, I was blessed with Kenny Pickett in my life and the Pitt football team, we used to go to a lot of road trips and some of them were in the MAC conference and we'd see Pitt lose games. One of them was to the University July. of Ohio, which I believe is in wow. Athens, Ohio. So I'm going to say Athens because that's also where Georgia is. I'm going to say, I hope that's right, or else I'm really talking a lot about wrong answers, but I'm going to say
7: Columbia and Athens. Whoa. All right, and one, one team getting points. It was Iowa City Is and Elmhurst. Us? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. It's Athens, Ohio, Athens, Georgia for universities, respectively, and Columbia, South Carolina, and Columbia, Missouri. Very um, good points there for 15. Thank you kindly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to question 10, change for a dime. Nickelback is a Canadian rock group that's been playing since 1995. One of the best pieces of evidence for their Canadianness comes from the song How You Remind Me, when Chad Kroger rhymes sorry with story. Within two, how many Grammys has Nickelback been nominated for? For five bonus points, how many Junos have they been nominated for? Oh,
0: jeez.
3: Is a Juno like a Canadian it's Grammy? It's a Canadian rock award. Yeah. Rock award, okay.
7: Ken, you have any
6: thoughts here? I, I mean, I not imagine especially. it's as many, I was just gonna say, as many bridges are in Pittsburgh or probably as many Grammys
5: as Nickelback has. But uh, I was just going to say uh, maybe five Grammy nominations and 10 Juno.
6: I was just wondering whether it's a trick and there's like, is it zero? But I don't know that. No, quality. I doubt it.
5: Um, I thought that too, but I think they were probably nominated. No, Let's it's just not. say okay. five and 10.
3: Five and 10 sound good. Matt, you had an idea on this. My answer was pretty low, but you have a better reasoning. Well, it's I just
0: so they started in ninety five and I think there's possibility for there's a lot of different categories for Grammys. Uh it's and they continue to have a bunch for rock bands. Uh they were people hated on them, but they were the probably number one rock band for like a four to five year stretch, I would think, as far as record sales and that thing. So it could be Rock Band of the Year, single, album, etc. So I was thinking it was pretty high. Uh, I think we're going to lock in with 14 Grammy nominations. And then I think there's like them and some 41 battling out for the only rock bands I could think of from Canada.
3: That also married Avril Lavigne? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a little, yeah, they share multiple things. So we would say 26 for Juno Awards.
7: Okay. Well, um... Twenty six was close for the Junos, but but not not quite. Um, but uh, one team getting points here. They were nominated for six Grammys, winning zero, mm. so five five gets it there, and they were nominated for thirty three Junos, um, <laughs> wow. but they won twelve, so ten gets uh, ten gets some points there. Wow, that's insane. Good job, Good job guys. Um, so that brings up the end of round one.
4: All right, extending their lead quite a bit in that one to 80 points. The full Monty Bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing up the uh, the rear, unfortunately, is uh, Neil's Tort Reform, and
7: uh, that's going to be uh, 40 points for them. Well, unfortunately,
0: we need a Tort Reform in the second half.
7: Yeah, we do. righty, well, let's move on to the swing round, and let's see if that can be a uh, a true true to its name, and see if we can get a swing here. Not that I'm rooting for either team, I'm remaining non-biased. As no, a host. we
0: we appreciate it. Thanks. Dare you.
7: <laughs> now I thought of doing something I couldn't really decide between swing round categories, and so I kind of did a little half and half thing. So it's a little bit of a slightly longer one, but I think it'll be kind of fun because they're pretty short. Um, first half of it's going to be household chemistry. So for that, I'm going to ask you the chemical names of household things you might find. And you just have to tell me what the more common name for that might be. Um, and then the second half will be Cartoon Bad Guys. And I'm going to give okay. you a bad guy from, or just a villain, or anti-hero, whatever, some some notable bad person from a cartoon series. And then I'll, you just have to tell me the name of the cartoon that that's from. Great. OK. okay. All right, so we'll just go down the list there. For household chemistry, first one will be sodium chloride. The second will be sodium hypochlorite. Third is sodium bicarbonate. The fourth is ascorbic acid. The fifth is acetic acid. Sixth is acetylsalicylic acid. And the seventh is cholecalciferol. All right, moving on to the cartoon bad guys. Um, So we'll call this one number eight, Mojo Jojo. Number nine, Dr. Heinz Doofensmertz. Number ten, Roger Klotz. Number eleven, Gargamel. Number twelve, Megatron. Number thirteen, Swiper. Number fourteen, Firelord Ozai. And number fifteen, Simon Bar Sinister.
5: Well, I can tell you the second half of this round is going to go better than the first half, <laughs> and we will uh, be right back.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make
2: smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. Shop for financial products and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
5: And we are back. I've been informed I'm no fun because I'm the editor and uh let's get the <laughs> answers to the questions. that's the villain on triviality yeah, yeah
3: we have I'm, de- I'm definitely the villain i know the that. editor we had really good jokes really good stories just like ed sullivan
7: told us really good really good jokes really big shoe and uh he cut them all i cut them Great all banter has been cut to nothing okay so let's uh let's go back through them so starting with the household chemistry what did you guys have for sodium chloride we had a uh, table salt
0: uh we had regular salt and table salt. Okay, well, I will. Salt. I
7: will uh, accept both kinds of regular and table salt because that is a table salt. Good job, guys. Number two, uh, sodium hypochlorite. Little, little. I heard a little uh, issues with this one, but let's see where we got. Well, that doesn't sound promising. If we had issues, because our
6: you were hearing us go over this, we 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 settled on bleach.
7: We actually thought it was bleach as well. And both teams are correct there. That is bleach. Good Ooh. job, guys. We've been misled. No, you're anime. <sighs> <laughs> the third one, uh, sodium bicarbonate
6: This was a, It was one of the bakings and we landed on soda Baking soda
0: And We also went baking soda
7: And that's 3 for 3 for both teams I cannot believe it Baking soda, good <laughs> job so Let's see how we do on these last four here Ascorbic acid uh, This one, we believe we said vitamin C We said It's your uh, everyday hand soap Everyday hand soap Everyday hand soaps is usually made from something uh, with fat or lye in it. But uh, the gold standard for citrus or sour tastes, that would be vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Uh, we have acetic acid next. Uh, this one we said vinegar.
0: Well, we tossed around vinegar, uh, but we ended up down in some coffee.
7: And that is uh, vinegar also. Good job. This one's, this one's, these last two are a little tough. Um, Let's see where we got with these acetylsalicylic acid. Uh, We uh, ended up saying ammonia for this one. Oh, I always forget about ammonia.
3: Um, We just said laundry
7: detergent. Both of those get rid of my headaches very well. (laughs) Well, this would be something you might want to take if you ever thought you might be having a heart attack. That is aspirin, anti, uh, anti anti-platelet. All right. And the last one, colocalciferol. Let's see if I can finally pronounce it right. colocalciferol. Uh, we said uh, charcoal.
0: Oh, that's a good answer. No, we... it's not. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, we said the glass cleaner, so we don't know either.
7: Well, this actually was mentioned by one team. Unfortunately, they didn't circle back to it, and this would be vitamin D, something very important in these winter months. Mm. I'm pretty sure we're all deficient, so make sure you're taking your supplements. Moving on to the second half here with the cartoon bad guys. What cart? I think we uh, we might be a little bit more promising here. So, what was? Where could we find our Monkey Man Mojo Jojo. The Powerpuff Girls. We concur, Powerpuff Girls. Good job, both teams. Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. Phineas and Ferb. They want to find the platypus. Yeah, we yep. said Phineas and Ferb. Good job, both teams. Roger Klotz. I believe he was the bad guy on
5: Doug.
0: hmm leather jacket wearing Doug.
7: Saw a picture of him compared to Elon Musk with his new haircut recently. Uh, that is from Doug. Gargamel. It's the baddie in the Smurfs. We said the Smurfs. Yep, his and it, him and his cat Azriel could be found in the Smurfs. And uh, on to Megatron. Transformers.
0: Uh, yes, we also said Transformers.
7: Leader of the Decepticons. That is Transformers. Uh, next is Swiper. That would be Dora the Explorer. We no. also said Dora the Explorer. Everyone's favorite uh, catchphrase of Dora's, Swiper no swiping. That would be Dora the Explorer. On to Fire Lord Ozai. Not too sure on
5: this one because uh, I haven't seen all of it, but we think it sounds kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: Mm, uh, we had no idea, but we just did a little game theory and said, hey, everyone loves Captain Planet. We said Captain Planet.
7: That would have been a great Captain Planet bad guy name, but that is from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, good, good pull on that one, Ken. And the last one seems like we might have had a little trouble with this one. Um, let's see if you guys got Simon Bar Sinister.
5: I said I don't know this guy, so I'm going to pick a cartoon I don't know and say Ben 10.
0: That's a good idea. We also said a cartoon we don't really know and went with Adventure Time.
7: This one was a uh, a little bit of a more of a, a stretch and uh, an older cartoon. If I told you that Peter Dinklage played him in the live action movie, I don't know if that would help any, but that is from Underdog.
0: Oh,
7: Underdog. He's the little the little short, uh kind of bald mad scientist guy.
0: You know, we tossed around Bullwinkle and stuff from that era. Yeah. Just underdog never came up.
7: Man, So Jeff. Good job. And let's see how we did after those swing rounds, Jeff.
4: Uh, Still continuing their lead, Full Monty Brothers have a score now of 140 after adding 60 in that last round. Adding 45, not too bad. um, Not too good.
7: Would be Bat Country over there uh, with 85. (laughs) Question one, category, It's Only a Game. Competitive esports has come a long way since the early days of athletes playing for mouse pads and gift cards. Since 2011, one game in particular has been paving the way for esports as a legitimate career option when they became the first game to offer a tournament-winning prize of $1 million. Since implementing crowdfunding as part of their prize money in 2013, that winning number has gone up and set a new record every year, with the highest recently being an $18.2 million grand prize coming from a $40 million prize pool. What lucrative video game am I talking about? So Matt and I uh,
3: wrote a bunch of names down, and then it kind of came to us, at least what we think is the right answer uh, from previous experience and hearing the clue. So I think we're going to lock in. All right. any I have
6: a
5: few ideas, but
3: David, have, what do you think?
6: Yeah. So, I don't think it's a sports game. I don't think it. I mean, Madden, I know, does stuff, but I, my. The first two that came to my head was either League of. I think it's called League of Legends and then like World of Warcraft. Those were like the two. I. World that of Warcraft is
5: mind. not like a competitive game in that way. So, I would what eliminate that. Of, what is League of Legends? League of Legends is, is definitely one of the ones I thought about. I also thought about Overwatch, but I think League of Legends is the most lucrative. Okay, let's go with that. Yep.
3: Okay, so we wrote. Um... Fortnite, PUBG, and then Overwatch is the one I was actually thinking of where the kid won like a million dollars. Uh, then we we broke down StarCraft, but then Matt, uh, Matt thought that maybe the clue led itself to
0: um, it, it being in the game. Uh, I know Madden gives away million dollars now for sure to winners of the tournaments, and it was one of the first competitive gaming that I was thinking of. So we ended up going with Madden.
7: All right. Well, unfortunately, no no points here. Um, the uh, League of Legends was very close. Is it that game Dota? Was actually, it, this is uh, this is Dota two. <sighs> um, League of Legends was actually kind of based on Dota two. Uh, game started as a Warcraft three mod, and then Valve picked it up and made their own game. And it has been kind of not as much. Uh, they've played it on ESPN a couple times, but it doesn't get as much hype yeah. or I guess marketing as Riot puts into League of Legends. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Dota 2 is the answer. Shucks. Sense of the Ancients, too. All right, moving on to question two. The jawbone's connected to the... The anatomical name for our jawbone is the mandible. This is the bone that all of our lower teeth are connected to. What is the name for the bone that all of our upper teeth are connected to? And I'll give you a hint. It is not Goofy's son turning into a kaiju.
3: You wrote down a, a clue, and uh, I think we should just go with it, even though I have an idea as well, but we'll go. we'll go for it.
5: Okay. Uh, Goofy's son, his name is Max, I believe, in the Goofy movie. Kaiju is Godzilla, most famous Kaiju, or Mothra is a Kaiju. So, what do we want to say? Like, Maxilla? Maxilla? Sure.
0: Be a cool nickname if your name was Max, too, I think. Uh, yeah, we knew Max. Well, I knew Max was the name of uh, Goofy's son.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking it was the Maxillary <laughs> Sinus. But These are
5: the hints, hints that we need. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. I thought I know there's like a maxillary sinus, which is the upper area that sometimes can get inflamed, but you were well,
0: wrote... no, that's what we're locked in with then. You know about sinus infections. Your sinuses are terrible.
3: Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go maxillary? Yeah. Maxillary sinus, I guess.
0: Maxillary.
3: Okay.
7: <laughs> so are you going with maxillary or maxillary sinus? I, I kind of need a little clarification there.
0: Uh, sinus. 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 Alright, we'll
7: go with the maxillary sinus. All right. Unfortunately, uh, only one team getting question correct. I would have maybe taken maxillary. It's just maxilla.
5: Uh, uh, they were Give them points.
7: We'll give you points. They got, yeah, they, got that I mean, far. It's technically an airspace behind, but yeah. Okay. Well, will it was pretty close. We'll give them. No. We'll give them both points. Jeff it's, says I mean, no. Sinuses, a sinus isn't a bone. Maxillary it, contains maxilla. So. Yeah. I, I. I'm. I'm. Uh. You guys were in the right. In the right. Area.
0: These are participation points, and I will take
7: them. <laughs> We're feeling nice. You're giving away points tonight. You selected the void over the bone, though. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to select. Never, never select
3: the yeah. void.
0: Avoid the void. Well, that was the from Neil's
7: uh, from Neil's sinus complications. It sounds like they might be one and the same at this point. So who knows? <laughs> Just permanently connected. That was uh, right. that
5: was Domino's slogan when they briefly uh, started dealing antidepressants. <laughs> Avoid the
7: void.
0: Yep, he ruins pizzas.
7: (laughs) All right, moving on to question three, underwater basket weaving. Holding one's breath is done for many reasons, whether it be to avoid a bad smell, swim underwater, or throw a tantrum. Another reason might be in anticipation of something, or as it's also said, with bated breath. The first known use of this term came from what 16th century Shakespearean comedy?
0: I like that one.
3: I'm trying to remember. I'm just trying to remember if I said this in a play, because if I said it, I know what it is. And I, with bated breath. Okay. I, I'm pr- I'm almost positive. Yeah. We can lock it in.
0: The comedy Hamlet?
3: The comedy Hamlet. Okay.
5: <laughs> okay. So Neil might've talked us into a right answer. <laughs> so I was going to say much ado about nothing, uh-huh. but since he said that he might've played this character. Okay. It's the one with, um, Puck. Midsummer, night's, Midsummer dream. night's Dream. So was, thank you.
6: Re- I was just starting to write down comedies. That was the first one. So on my thank list. you, Neil. I, I could, have been,
3: right, you could have been right. Perhaps swerve. I've been trying to swerve you off our path. This has become a
0: comedy of errors, Neil. It
3: has. Uh, we also locked in with a Midsummer Night's Dream. I believe it's when um, they drugged when Puck drugs the, the the two pairs of of people, and you the can't ch- you can't be saying that, Neil. <laughs> Six,
0: he sticks his hand in the peanut butter. <laughs>
3: He's, he's waiting with bated breath to see when they wake up and see what happens. I believe, but let's see what Taylor says. It's well, not...
7: <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if it's used in in that or not. It it may be, and maybe this was earlier. I'm not I'm not totally sure. But according to my research, this was uh, the Merchant of Venice. Oh, oh no, um, un, under underwater being the the hint that I gave a couple times because is that a Venice comedy? Is, according to yeah, I mean according to.
5: That's a laugh. Merchant of Venice is hilarious. I'm gonna just text
7: Colleen
3: (laughs) is is Merchant of Venice a a comedy, and we'll see what she says. Just off off the cuff.
5: All right, let's get the next one. All right, moving on. Before I make the baited breath joke that I want to.
7: (laughs) 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 Okay, moving on to question four. Simply allegorical. Valentine's Day in modern culture is associated with love, courtship and romance, as well as the complete loathing of all romantic tropes for some. For all this, we have what English poet to blame, who is thought to have invented the traditions in their poem, Parliament of Fools, where they referred to February 14th as the day birds and humans come together to find a mate. If you don't believe me, just ask Jarvis.
3: We're looking for the name of the poet? The
5: poet,
7: yes.
3: Okay. And just for the record, Colleen texted back instantly and said, just, yes. So apparently it's a comedy. I didn't know that.
5: All right. It's hilarious. It's
3: it's very hilarious. I think it's the one Al Pacino was in, too. (laughs) (laughs) So we're looking for the name of a poet, Jarvis.
0: No, we're not looking for anyone named Jarvis. we got to ask Jarvis.
3: It's got to be a reference to a, a role Paul Bettany played, most likely. You think so? It has to be. Okay, so we tried to think of roles Paul Bettany played, um other than uh Kirsten Dunst's love interest in Wimbledon and uh the uh his most famous role. His most famous role and then the the priest or the monk who uh slaps himself with the of Nine Tales and Angels and Demons. But um we have an answer and we think it's wrong, but we're locked in with it. All
5: right. I think they might be going too deep. Do you think it's maybe just like Stark?
3: I just got it from the film reference, but we're we're already locked in, so. What? Write it down. It it's just brownie points.
5: Oh. What about um, uh, ch- maybe Chaucer? Because like Neil just can shut his mouth. I gave him That's another. Neil can't shut his mouth. Poet. All right, let's go with That's Chaucer. Canterbury Tales, right? Let's yeah, go with Chaucer.
3: Yeah, I, I, it came to me that I believe he played Chaucer. Just but... let 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 it, let them get it too. Then uh, you can
5: you can change your answer.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I remember that he played a character named Chaucer in at, at Knight's Tale. I think right maybe uh so yeah we, oh that was the movie that the, wasn't gladiator that i was thinking he's of. the chaucer yeah, yeah so um yeah we were gonna say t.s Eliot, which is very wrong but <laughs> if you'll give us points we'll go with chaucer
7: <laughs> i will absolutely give you points i'll give anyone points who remembers a knight's tale it's one of my favorite movies of all time uh it was jeffrey chaucer yeah paul bettany you guys are on the right track and yeah just needed a little bit of extra poke it's called a lance hello all right <laughs> All right, good job, both teams. Well, good job, Neil, for then subsequently giving the other yeah. team points good as well. Good job, maybe Neil. Double, all maybe he said double was, points. Oh, now I understand the, the reference. <laughs> yeah, anyway. It's all take All right, tics. good job, Just guys. a little, little shove. Moving on to question five, ACDC. Many small polyhedral objects have survived from ancient cultures such as Greek, Roman, and Egyptian, but little is known about their specific intended purpose. Due to various markings and inscriptions, it's thought that they could be used for anything from divination practices to simple games. A popular form of these geometric shapes is the icosahedron, which is more commonly known as what to more than an estimated 50 million people worldwide, many of our listeners included.
5: All right,
3: so I only know dice from when... Like Jeff and Ken talk about it. Who said dice? Who said dice? And then they turn up like the the otters or the. Don't
5: oh. worry, we were going dice too. Yeah, no.
3: Um, so yeah, Matt has an answer. So I'm gonna let Matt answer it.
5: Do you think it's this one? He says as he points to his D20 tattoo. I have no
6: idea. I was hoping maybe Neil could keep talking. And right. I don't. I don't think we need <laughs> Neil to keep talking. I think it's a D20.
3: Twenty. Okay. I thought that was a doe decahedron. That's twelve-sided. Oh.
7: Okay. What did we get? What did we say?
0: Uh, we said 10, which I don't think exists.
7: No, it it does, does exist. Well, it's not a D10, and fortunately, it's, uh, it's not M&M's uh, former group D12. D12. It is a D20. Uh how? A, 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 a 20-sided die. A D10
4: is yep. just known as a and, decahedron. Mm, mm.
7: The uh, the category ACDC was referenced to armor class, armor check, or difficulty <laughs> I class. Very good.
3: D twenty also the title of the movie where the Mighty Ducks carry around Gordon Bombay's
7: corpse, (laughs) (laughs) like Weekend
5: Bernies. So speaking of like a uh, pile
7: of dust. Speaking of he's the final. Oh, go ahead.
5: Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, I just want all the listeners to know my great shame as I just received (laughs) in the mail a seventy dollar three D printed like character figure, five centimeter uh, (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons model, seventy dollars for that I customized. It's wow. fully customized, 3D printed, it's full cool. color. It's very cool. Oh, full color! I'll show you the pictures.
8: Okay.
7: Well, I uh, I don't even play D and D really, but I almost bought the uh, when Arby's came out with their set of of uh, dice that just had the Arby's logo on the highest number. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I thought hopefully they'd have like a tiny smidgen of roast beef like in the uh, in the acrylic, but they don't. They, they the sold out in sauce. About ten minutes. Horsy 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 yeah. Yeah. We, we have the sauce. dice. <laughs> Bum, bum, bum.
5: Right. If you roll a one, you your pants. <laughs> Please you roll yeah. anything. You shit your pants for your narbies.
4: Narbies never have no, any checking. problems. Pants check. They always,
5: they pants would always, check. Alright, roll it. Roll your pants check. <laughs> who, who uh kidnapped
4: Ming <laughs> Rams children? Do you remember kiddos? what we were doing? That's a constitution <laughs> roll. Yeah,
5: it is a constitution
8: <laughs> roll. <laughs>
4: All right, and the score after five in the second round, uh, Fulmonti still in the lead with 180 points, and at 115 points we've got Batman Law.
7: <laughs> All right, question six: Bone apoplete. The traditional chef's hat, or a toque blanche, has become a hallmark symbol of the profession, from the tall, straight sides to the stark white color. These characteristics were originally meant to signify Mm. the cleanliness of the kitchen with the color and the rank or seniority of the chef in the kitchen with the height. Another prominent feature of this piece of headwear are the 100 pleats or folds of the material along the sides. What was the original significance of the number of pleats of cloth seen on the headwear of our culinary compatriots?
5: We can lock in, David.
7: So they're locked in. Yeah, I, I think
3: you're right, because when he was reading off the, the list of things about the hat, I remember I had to do something with cooking, and you wrote down...
8: I
0: think it's the 100 different ways to prepare an egg.
3: And I,
7: I think that's right. Let's lock in with that.
5: Yep. We also said egg preparation methods.
7: All right, and that will get points for both teams. Uh, um, ways to Cook an Egg is like the one that kind of became the more colloquially known what it is, but technically it's um what they use it for was you would... Put a new pleat when you'd uh, master a recipe. Mm. So if you had, so it was the number of recipes mastered, and uh, when you got to a hundred, you could be considered a master chef. Mm. This was like in, like Renaissance times, like a long time ago. So. When yeah, they, were, job when they were playing
5: the lute, <laughs> yeah, I presume.
3: That's why Guy Fieri's uh, and, shirts and are always rolling. so wrinkly
5: because it's all the
7: pleats from all the things he's mastered. All the recipes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, moving on to question seven. Come with me and escape. Bromeliads are a family of flowering plants native mainly to the tropical Americas and contain around 3,590 known species, such as Spanish moss, sapphire tower, and flaming sword. Only one species of bromeliad is edible, however, the Ananus comosus, which is better known as what? Approximately one-third of the world's supply is produced in Hawaii.
5: I think we can lock in. Because I killed one of these plants before. A bromeliad, that is. So I know roughly what they look like. I'm
3: so out of my element here.
0: No, we don't know. Uh, water lilies.
3: We Want to just go coconut?
0: Yeah. One... <laughs> we, that's probably wrong, but we'll say coconut.
4: My thinking is that they don't grow on pine trees and are behind Taylor. Yeah. Uh,
5: so like I said, I had a bromeliad in my house one time. And it kind of grows up in stalks like the top of a pineapple. So we think it's pineapple. Also the whole dull thing.
7: Well, and the, uh, the correct answer is pineapple. Question, question number eight, never say never. What chronic disease is often associated with a butterfly-shaped rash on the face and is hard to diagnose due to symptoms that come and go and are oftentimes mistaken for other diseases? Much to the dismay of Dr. House, several celebrities are known to have battled this disease, including seal, Tony Braxton, Nick Cannon, and Selena Gomez.
0: It's never that
7: I think it always is on that <laughs> show though <laughs> you like it. is that right?
0: Yeah, okay. he just says it's never this whatever
5: yeah, so the house one is do you know is this lupus? yeah, so that's the one that's the one from House, so I think we should just go with that okay. We're saying lupus.
3: Yeah, I think I heard something about those celebrities
7: having that. So he said lupus. And the correct answer is lupus. And never say never, because he did always say it's never lupus. Um, I believe Seal specifically had discoid lupus, which is what caused the, the uh, scars on his mm. face here's when he was a kid. A, here's
3: a fun fact. Um, I did not know this, but Seal, accomplished singer and whatnot, um, the harder they fall, the movie on... Netflix, the Western that we were talking about with mm-hmm. Idris Elba, that, that's really good. It was directed by Seal's brother, who's a British rapper. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Because I looked up the director and I was like, oh, he's only done one short film. This is his first feature film. How did he get this man? I looked it up. He's a music video director and a rapper.
5: British rapper and Tarantino enthusiast, yeah. apparently. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. His name Porpoise? <laughs> Walrus, actually. Yeah. Walrus. <laughs> Cuckoo, cachoo. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Question nine. This one's for Ken. Yay. The theme song for a TV show or movie can be one of the most iconic aspects of the show, such as the Rembrandts performing the theme song for Friends or the Bare Naked Ladies performing the theme song for The Big Bang Theory. Not many bands can say they've gotten multiple themes, though, like this pop punk band, which has performed the theme for Phineas <laughs> and Ferb, as well as. As well as the main theme for the Jimmy Neutron movie and the theme for the two thousand eight game Sonic Unleashed. Name this Texas band <laughs> that has been together since nineteen ninety four. They're banned. Banned, I say.
5: All right, so we all know it's bowling for soup, yeah. Yeah. But we,
0: we got it. We, gotta, we always gotta get a good bowling for soup reference in here. Alright, bowling for soup.
5: Every everybody says bowling for soup. Yeah, that's correct. All right, moving that's on. Never been <laughs> on the
7: podcast before, right? Never. Yeah, first yeah. time ever. First time. Both teams got bowling for soup.
3: <laughs> Correct. Answer. That's it. That's the last one, guys. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I actually heard though that the 1985 was a cover. Oh my god! Another <laughs> cover. It is. No, it is. Yeah,
0: that's true. Oh
4: my god! Get one of those
5: newfangled <laughs> suicide booths. <laughs>
0: Fire it up! Let's go.
7: Oh boy! All right. Question ten, last question in round two. Not for fish sticks. One of the reasons routine dental cleanings are so important is because of the buildup of tartar. This accumulation occurs.
8: (laughs) This accumulation occurs. Wait,
7: the fish sticks. Ah, fish sticks. I don't gotta dip my fish sticks in. (laughs) Okay, Mitch Hedberg. Rest in peace. Yes. This accumulation occurs when debris from food isn't removed from the tooth surface totally and combines with the natural levels of calcium and phosphorus in our saliva, creating a hardened surface that can't be easily removed by brushing. What is the technical name used for this tough stuff? Remember, plaque is the prerequisite here, not algebra.
5: I think I know it. Oh, you know it. I do. Excellent. Do Do I have a guess? Is it bowling for soup? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um...
3: Algebra is a prerequisite for... Oh, for... Calcius. Calci- oh, yeah. Calcium deposits. Is that possible? That sounds like something calcium that I've looked deposits. up and been scared about. Yeah. Calcium deposit. Did you say calcius?
4: I did. I Because my brain is... <laughs> 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 fun, fun that needs a software update. That's, that's the one invented by uh, Gottfried Leibniz. <laughs> Because
3: a calcium deposit is like the hardened. Well, I only um, qualified
0: for business calcium, so I was able to take the real one.
3: Can you can you pass a calcium deposit? Probably. What are you talking? Uh, sorry, about? I'm just thinking to myself. I'm trying to go through all the WebMD articles that I've been on when I had like this a. Is a safe space. We can allow yeah, you uh, to tonsil think stones? his buds. Is it lupus? I've had I've had tonsil stones, which I had to have shot out with a water pick, like it was a carnival. <laughs> uh, calcium deposits. Let's I, do I, it. I think we just go calcium deposits.
5: That's fine. Great.
3: Uh,
6: I I I was thinking more of the math term. You know, uh, AP Calc.
7: I was just thinking calculus. All right. and the uh the correct answer, much to the dismay of some, may not be calculus, but it is calculus. Mm. Oh my gosh! I knew anyway, sure. I always hated calculus.
4: Hmm. I really hated calculus too. Yeah. Yeah, like the second round I understand we'll what do, you're we'll saying. Some, we'll do some
5: math now and tell us what our scores are.
4: I mean, the math is pretty easy. Um, five for five in that second half for Fulmani Brothers brings their score from 180 all the way up to 230 <laughs> points. Wow. 230 <laughs> Two turned into a <laughs> You did. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, 30 more points there, uh, adding to the other team, Batman Law's score. Uh so they're at 145 points. Oh, we can still catch up. They let's just throw it all patch. on the table.
0: Almost, because we, we don't have enough.
3: Whatever we can <laughs> throw on it, we'll throw on it. But we need to
7: hear the categories first.
0: We'll go the full Monty on this one.
7: All right, and let's bring it to the final round where the categories are. In order these syllables. Re fridge er eight or all the wagers are
5: now locked in, so let's go ahead and get the questions and finish these guys off.
7: Question one in final round. Category is re. Recidivism is a term used for describing the tendency of a convicted criminal to reoffend or be re-arrested for similar offenses and is an important metric for qualif- quantifying and comparing the effectiveness of criminal justice systems among different countries. Which country has the lowest rate of recidivism in the world, hovering at an impressive 20% after five-year follow-ups? For comparison, the U.S. is just below 50% after three-year follow-ups. Number two, Fridge. William, the refrigerator Perry, was a former Chicago Bears defensive lineman who might be best remembered for his rushing rushing touchdown in the 1985 Super Bowl to help win the the team franchise's only title. He would be the only defensive player to score a touchdown on offense in a Super Bowl until 19 years later when what player accomplished the same feat two years in a row? Number three, ER, or ER. The hit TV show ER ran for 331 episodes and 15 seasons from 1994 to 2009 and is currently the the second longest ran medical drama in U.S. history behind Grey's Anatomy. The show was originally based on the personal experiences of what physician and novelist who had a few other minor successes in the 90s with some books about dinosaurs and tornadoes or something. Question four, category eight. In Chinese culture, the number eight is associated with luck and prosperity due to the word for the number eight sounding very similar to the Mandarin word for wealth and the Cantonese word for fortune. Due to this widespread superstition, What event began on August 8, 2008 at 8.08.08 p.m.? And Category 5, OR or OR. Laparoscopic or minimally invasive surgeries and techniques have been used on humans since the first one performed in 1910. In 2001, another milestone was achieved when the first transatlantic surgery was ever performed. The Lindbergh operation, as it's known now, was, completely teles- was a completely telesurgical operation done by a team of French surgeons in New York on a patient in Strasbourg, France, using high-speed telecommunications and a surgical robot. The surgery itself, however, was just a simple cholecystectomy, which is the removal of what internal organ? All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back
5: with our answers. <laughs> All right, the answers are now locked in. Let's get the questions one more time. Find out who wins. By the way, we bet twenties all the way down.
3: Yeah, and we bet uh, thirty all the way down, except for the final question. We bet twenty-five because that's all the points we had.
5: Okay.
7: Alrighty. Well, the first the first question category re uh, talking about recidivism and the tendency for a convicted criminal to reoffend or be re-arrested for similar offenses. Which country has the lowest rate of recidivism in the world, hovering at an impressive 20% after five-year follow-ups? Uh, and for comparison, the U.S. is just below 50 so not too good.
5: All right. Well, I think uh, Finland has a notoriously good prison system, and we said Finland.
3: Yeah, we knew it was somewhere in Scandinavia. Uh, we just couldn't you know, bring it down. We just thought for game theory, maybe the Netherlands has a low recidivism rate.
7: Right. Well, uh, notably, all Scandinavian countries are quite low in the low 20s, but the lowest is Norway mm. at 20%. Moving on to question two, <clears throat> Fridge. I was talking about, of course, the Fridge himself. Um, William Perry rushing uh, a touchdown 1985 as a defensive man on offense. And who would be the next defensive player to score a touchdown on offense in a Super Bowl 19 years after Uh, When what player did that twice, two years, or two years in a row? The same thing, twice in a row. So defensive player scoring on offense in 2004 and 2005.
6: Yeah, so I think Taylor, using those years in question, it has to be a Patriot, um, because they're about the only teams during that time frame that went to multiple Super Bowls in a row. And I do, I kind of remember Mike Vrabel, uh, the current Tennessee Titans coach, scoring a uh, touchdown in at least one Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Mike Vrabel.
0: That's a really good guess. Uh, We were also thinking Patriots. I think 05 was the Rams year, maybe one of those. I don't remember exactly who they are playing. Uh, We went with a different guy, a guy who got a handoff from time to time and might have scored on defense, Um, but we said Vince Wilfork.
7: Okay, well, one team getting points. Um, This player actually throughout his career uh, was targeted, I believe, 14 times for 10 touchdowns, and that was uh, Mike Vrabel. Mm -hmm. I always thought he was a tight end for some reason. I don't know why. They just put him on offense a lot for some reason. Um, Because he scored. Yeah, (laughs) caught the ball. Um, All right. Question three, category ER, or uh, ER. And that was talking about ER running for 331 episodes, 15 seasons, um, second longest medical drama in U.S. history behind Grey's Anatomy. The show was originally based on the personal experiences of what physician and novelist who had a few other minor successes in the 90s with some books about dinosaurs and tornadoes or something.
5: Yeah, his most famous work, of course, was uh, about a coma. It was called Coma. But uh, we went with Michael Crichton.
3: Yeah, and sometimes when I uh, run a little too hard running in the morning, I might get an Andromeda strain. And We said Michael Crichton.
7: And that was the guy who also wrote and uh, directed the original Westworld series. That was Michael Crichton. Good job, both teams. Number four, categories eight. So in in Chinese culture, eight is a very lucky number. So what uh, event due to that began on August 8th, 2008 at 8.08.08 p.m.?
6: So... uh thinking of uh, events that occurred in 2008. That's one of those uh, years that would have held the Olympics. That's in the You gave a date that's in the summer, so we're going to say the Beijing Summer Olympics.
3: We needed a little help on this one. Uh, it took us a while to think about it, but once we n- remembered that it was an event, not just people crossing their fingers or making
7: a wish, uh, we said the Olympics as well. All right, well, both teams getting points. So this is the 2008 Beijing Olympics. And uh, coming down to this one, I don't know what, what, what the scores are adding up, but we'll uh, we'll find out that mathematical magic here in just a little bit. Last category is OR, or OR, talking about laparoscopic surgeries and how in 2001, a milestone was achieved when the first transatlantic surgery was ever performed. This operation was completely telesurgical and done by a French a team of French surgeons in New York on a patient in Strasbourg, France, using high-speed telecommunications in a surgical robot. The surgery itself was a simple cholecystectomy, which is the removal of what internal organ?
5: Well, we weren't too sure. Um, We considered appendix, but we thought that was appendectomy, and so we said the gallbladder.
0: Uh, We also were tossing around those two items, but we ended up going with something that we thought might be easier to do and not as invasive, and went with the tonsils, which is probably a tonsillectomy, now that I say it out loud.
7: Uh, uh uh, removal of the tonsils is a tonsillectomy, and if I was to tell you that Strasbourg, France is now currently in the former region of Gaul, that might give you the uh, the hint that this is the gallbladder. Not spelled the same, but, you know.
4: Losing 25 points in the, the final here. Unfortunately, backcountry lawmen uh, are going to drop to 120 points. And this week's Cream of the Crop, adding 60 to their already towering 230 for a total of 290 points. Full Monty Brothers.
5: Yeah. Let's take it off. Clean of the Crop.
0: <laughs> or
5: not.
4: Hey, please. Uh, good. Uh,
0: you know, even if they were the half Monty Brothers, they would have beat us today because we stung.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just needed a little
6: peek and they would have beat us. That's right. Um, I think in the uh, world of torts, that is a... Uh... It's probably an an
3: assault like battery. <laughs> I think you're right. Um this was this was a very good game. Uh, you you both played, you know, just so much better than we did. we we uh should be embarrassed with ourselves, I think. But um David, uh you partnered with Ken today. Uh you came out victorious in your first appearance as a player. Um, how was it? And uh is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to?
6: Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I certainly got partnered with the. Uh, I'm I'm glad the seating arrangements there sort of worked out the way they did because Ken helped me on quite a few that I had no clue on. So uh, I feel the great. same. Um, but uh, no, thanks for having me on. Um, it's always a pleasure to be on uh, the podcast. Um, just a shout out to anybody listening out there. Uh, please, please support the podcast. It's a great, it's a great thing. It's rewarding. It's awesome every Tuesday when the podcast pops up and you know you have a little bit of uh something to do with it so uh that's what i would encourage and uh thank you guys again thank you
3: yeah thank you very much for saying that and for supporting the show uh taylor uh, i forget what number visit this is uh with you on the show but you always bring a wonderful game with uh different categories and good jokes and good references and everything but anyway this is one of your best we always appreciate you coming here and, and appreciate your support but anyone you'd like to shout out or any any uh last words from you today
7: well, just uh, just like David said, I'd also like to say thank you. It's always it's always a great time. I, I think this is number six, which is my lucky number, um, I guess. Apparently, uh, I was I was hoping this game wasn't too hard. I, I tried adding some uh, some little hints and stuff in there that hopefully made it fun for players and listeners alike. So um, I hope hope everyone enjoys it. But uh, yeah, I was super fun. Um, just a shout out to I don't know anyone and everyone listening, and just to to um, echo what David said. Uh, Patreon support is, has only made this uh, this podcast better, and um, I'm very happy to be a part of a great community that has uh, allowed for some only improvement of my trivia skills and my enjoyment of the, the game itself. So, um, Also, as I mentioned earlier, vitamin D is really important. It's uh, Vitamin D deficiency is one of the leading causes of seasonal depression. So in these winter cold months for anyone in the Midwest or anywhere where it's cloudy a lot, like Pittsburgh, uh, just make sure to keep up on your vitamin D supplements. Get those sups. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, oh, and uh, shout out to my the team I have been playing trivia with. We change our team name every week, but my favorite was the Patty Mayonnaise Experience. So, if any of them are listening, <laughs> let's win it again.
5: I'm still waiting for the uh, setup between uh, Taylor the Tooth Cook and Chase <laughs> the Bone Doctor and Sock.
3: That would actually be an, an epic matchup as yeah. them on a team or or what? Are them co-hosting or no, something. No, they gotta
5: go up against each other. Oh, I, I Ooh, like head that. Head to head. Alright, we'll, we'll try to cook we'll try to cook that tooth up. Tooth
3: to bone. If Chase is up for it. Wow. Yeah. The bone doctor getting called out. <laughs>
5: <laughs> gotta but put we... tooth to bone. Let's see which breaks first. Tooth to bone, alright. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what the I've uh, heard of when a bullet the bullet
4: hits the bone, but not when the tooth
5: breaks the bone. That's what the uh that's what the event is called. Tooth to bone. Uh, tooth
7: to bone three oh. revenge. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard that if you if you bite hard enough on your finger You can get through it with the force it takes To bite through a baby carrot And if that's true I'll, it Sounds like bones are pretty weak
5: I'll be, uh, so- I'll be testing that later We mm-hmm. thank you guys for your support And for being on the show today And I think that'll do it For Jeff, Neil, Matt, and myself That was Triviality
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what is a constitution check?
7: Like means whether
5: or not. Well, God! It's like if you're uh, if you're gonna pass out or get drunk or <laughs> your pants. If you have enough fortitude, you know, basically, yeah. to, to manage yeah. a task. So in other words, your constitution would be like seven. Okay. And a normal not, person's would be like ten. Ten. I see. Okay.
0: That's okay. an insult.
5: It's not an insult. He knows he can't eat spice or yeah, he can't eat spice. or uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's eat it's spice. A Statement yeah. of
4: fact. Bench press a bar. <laughs> so that's that's strength. Oh, that's true. Okay, I,
5: I think you have low constitution. Doom Your strength, problems. I'm sure, is fine. Your dex is fine. Your charisma is off the charts. So I just yeah, yeah I make up
3: my
4: dex and what uh, constitution with charisma.
5: Constitution. Constitution, yeah. constitution sucks, bro.
4: Yeah, it's basically how much uh, how much damage you could take. Mm. <laughs> I've taken a
7: lot of emotional damage in my life, so is that is that good for a roll?
4: You roll twenty. Uh, you probably have high wisdom.
3: Emotional baggage. Wait, do chart. you uh,
7: do you get do you get like plus? like uh plus points if you've taken uh your migraine medication
3: it it could go either way either i'm i'm so loopy i'm like martin short uh, on a bender or it can get real dark does that buff wisdom or intelligence wisdom Okay. (laughs) okay